Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, welcome to a morning Bible study with the day of prayer. Kyla, can you pray for us? Yes, I can. In your name, Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and thank you for being in our midst, God, and moving throughout our Bible study and helping us spread the gospel, God, and preach the good news. Lord, I just thank you for everybody that you bring in our path and that you allow us to be a blessing to God and that are also a blessing to us, God. We ask that you just keep them, God, and that you continue to reveal yourself to us and help us understand what it is you want to teach us, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, welcome, everybody, as we continue our study in First Peter. Um, I'd like to welcome Dean, who's uh, joined us this morning. So all you're blessed by having him with us and mm-hmm. for the insight that the Holy Spirit gives him to, to share with us and, and each of you. So, welcome, Dean, and thank you for joining us, brother. Well, thanks for having me. As always, the blessing really is mine, so thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, so, let's continue. Can I get a volunteer to read from First Peter chapter 3, verse 18 through the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, Layla. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the judge... Yes, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, disobedient, sorry, not disobedience, <laughs> when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. All right. So there's, there is a lot in there. Um, and a lot of different ways this can go. So I... I'm interested to hear what the Holy Spirit is revealing to each of you. So, who wants to begin? Or who wants the first opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit's put on your heart? And if there are any questions, feel free to ask them. Okay? Alright, Layla. Um, I'd like to talk about verse 18 for just a quick second where it said for Christ also suffered once for sins the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit I just find that very interesting as we go through the scriptures and we see how um, God brings us to him and we see in the garden it was through flesh that we died to Christ unfortunately and we were separated from him spiritually and how the curse was brought into the world through our bodies and then now we see that um, Christ made it into that when he um, died on Calvary rose again on the third day to power and might on high the right hand of the Father and how we are now alive in the spirit so now we are no longer 
subject and subjugated to the power of the enemy in the flesh, there is a way that we can um, get out of that. And I don't mean to say escape as in a cowardly fashion, but, you know, remove yourself from that and not have to accept it through the spirit and through God. And it's just amazing to see that that's how he works. He doesn't um, condemn you. And he made a way for everybody that's willing to trust him and believe him to be redeemed and be brought unto himself and now we don't have to be afraid that something that we've done in our body is keeping us from him and being in his presence in the spirit because Jesus was the sacrifice for that he tore the veil and he made the bridge that we can now cross to go and be with him in fellowship with Christ and so it's important that we don't neglect the the things that God has done for us and just focus on the natural but it's the spiritual things that he's doing for us that's of greater and more importance yes what you see here may not look so pretty and it may not feel so good to your flesh but the eternal reward that comes afterwards is of great value like that that pearl spoken that jesus did in the parable in matthew that great that pearl of great price and how he went and gave the man sold everything that he had just to buy this this field to find that one pearl. And God had given his best for us. He had given his only begotten son for us that we would be redeemed in the spirit so that we can be um, reconciled back to him. There was no longer a need or um, you had to be separated. If you're willing, you can go and be with Jesus. He wants you to be with him. But as long as you want to resist him, then he can't do anything for you. Mm. Mm. Amen, sweetie. Amen to that. Anyone else? Yes, I found verse 19 interesting when I was talking about how... <clears throat> by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. I found that very interesting because it shows that the Lord is merciful even though the people had already made their final choice on where they wanted to be in life through their actions. He still gave them an opportunity when Jesus came. He wasn't just a sacrifice lamb for those who came after him. He was a sacrifice lamb for everybody, including those before him and those after. And it just shows me that it's true here. There's no such thing as you only get one chance at this. If you fall off, that's it. He comes back, but he... Dem he requests a true repentance, not saying, Lord, I come back now just so I can do this again. But he says he wants you to change your heart fully and come back to him. Other than that, there's no repentance in that. It's just a means to an end to get back to what you want. And the Lord was just showing me that even when those people made their final choice, he still went back for them. He didn't forget about them and leave them where they were. He still gave them the opportunity to come into what he had for them. He still had mercy on them. Okay. And and understand the that God's his plan of redemption mm -hmm. was is thorough. Amen. So to the people that died prior to the Bible says that when it was the appropriate time Christ came in the flesh mm -hmm. and then he lived and was crucified and died at the appointed time. When God said, this is the right time for this to happen, not before and not after. So he didn't come and die for Adam and Noah's 
you know, Adam's generation and then Noah's generation then come down, you know, come back towards for us um, that are in, in this part of history and time. He came once and for all. So how God is so just is that he gives everybody a chance, right? Yes. These people still had the same testimony of God in creation. They still had the opportunity to live a righteous life. Righteous life. How, case in point, how could Noah be righteous if it was an impossibility without having seen Jesus Christ in the flesh or being on this side of his, his sacrifice and raising from the dead, right? Yeah. So clearly there was an opportunity to come to righteousness, but all, and even though that was the case, he planned and prepared an opportunity for them to look at and look on the things of Christ, hear the gospel be preached to them and make their decision. Now, this side, because Christ has already come in the flesh, been crucified and died and raised from the dead on this side when you say your farewell to this natural planet aside from Jesus raising you from the dead that's your choice so don't count on Jesus coming down to hell to minister to you from from this point forward because he's done that job he was in hell for that purpose did that fulfilled that and now he's seated at the right hand of the father so we now have clear evident unguised knowledge of Jesus Christ that he is who he is he is God that he died for our sins and he's available and he's prepared through his body his people the way for Christ to be ministered and declared and preached to others um, that that goes into Romans how will they hear right unless a preacher be sent I mean you understand that to preach the gospel so that they can be converted that's the pathway that we have at this time so don't anticipate that I won't choose Christ now. I'll wait for him to come preach to me in hell. You won't get that opportunity. Um, it's that once and for all. That's right. Once at that time to conclude all the matter. So choose Christ right now and live. Don't put it off for another day. Don't, don't put it off into the future. Today is the day because tomorrow is not promised as we've already um, mm -hmm. discovered by our study in the word. Tomorrow is not promised, but today you have. So make your choice for Jesus now and stand on it and continue to stand on that. And I know that's not what you meant, LaCharles. I just wanted to clarify so that mm -hmm. we're all on the same page that Christ is not coming down to hell at this point till eternity to preach the gospel. He's done that for the ones that didn't have the opportunity to hear clearly and openly about him. So now he said Christ will be preached to all flesh and we'll get that job done Amen. as the Holy Spirit works. Oh, I just, um, it, there's so much here, um, so much to see, think about and consider. Um, the biggest point uh, for me is where we see here that the purpose of this. Mm -hmm. and so in verse 18 where it says, that he might bring us to God. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, mm -hmm. so many people say, you know, God is just a God. Of, he's, he's, he's mean. And he gives us all these laws and regulations, and all he wants to do is punish us. And you're going to go to hell if you don't do this. And you can, you know, and people talk about that. And there are people that um, espouse Christianity and say these kind of things. Mm. Um, there is that side of the coin. There is a righteous God who will allow us to make decisions that will cause us to be punished. But his goal is to bring us to him. Mm -hmm. And as often, I really like to look at the root words, and mm -hmm. I'm not a Greek. Greek and Hebrew scholar, I just um, take access to all the free apps that are available. <laughs> and so I just downloaded this app. It's a Greek 
in Hebrew interlinear mm-hmm. Bible that just allows me to take God's word deeper. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that's only a part of being in fellowship with other believers. And I have a mentor who's encouraged me in that area to really dig into the root words. And so mm-hmm. there's a side message in there for all of you that are listening, if you don't hear it, and that is don't rely on this podcast to be the only way that you understand yeah, God's absolutely. word. You need to spend time in your word yourself. You need to get into the individual words, dig into it, parse it out, have fun with it, and watch what God's going to do for you in that. So, mm-hmm. but if we, Just if, to build on that real quick, Dean, uh, let's go into some of the why. And the why is because, yes, English, the English language captures every word, right? Just about. But as we look at other languages, even today, in today's languages, one word might mean five different or seven different things, right? Which, as over time, some of that gets, in the English language especially, gets generalized to incorporate various aspects. But you could say some of it is, is weakened in that. So to gain a a fuller understanding, as you were pointing out, further study is required. And, and, and it d- does help deepen our understanding. And so that's the main thing, the main reason and purpose. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's just to bring us closer to the Lord, to gain a deeper understanding of the exact message that he's communicating through his Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, each of us need to be obedient to what God is leading us Amen. to. For me, it's, Im- it's important because it's where the Holy Spirit illuminates deeper thoughts for me. Mm-hmm. And that's where God's Word becomes living and active, right? Amen. It really is alive. If you're Amen. opening up whatever version it is of a static Bible and you're reading that and that's all you're doing, it's difficult for that to be alive. If you're not mm-hmm. digging into what is God really saying to me right now in this moment in this, and it may not have anything to do with what's on the Scripture, it shouldn't be contradictory to anything that's in Scripture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's yet to be in close fellowship and you can use other people to help you really make sure you're hearing clear from God. But for me, digging into the Word mm-hmm. is actually where I get that intimacy with the Holy Spirit, where I Amen. find that the Word is living and Amen. it's active Absolutely. and it's useful for me and it's Amen. practical for me and it guides my life by doing that. It doesn't do it just reading it for the sake of saying I'm going to read the Bible today mm-hmm. or reading a, a Bible plan that I spent 15 minutes and I read you know, one chapter of this, one chapter of that, one psalm and one proverb and I called it a day. That doesn't. That's that doesn't right. do it. It's not checking mm-hmm. the box. It's right. so, your heart to pursue but him. Bringing back that, so to bring, to bring us that mm-hmm. he might bring. And if we look at that word, bring, it's a verb, it's a prosago. And uh, I think the deeper part of it is like to uh, bring to, bring near, to come to or towards approach. And so we think about that word approach. We are incapable of approaching God, Right. So Jesus knew how important that was for our relationship. Can you imagine not being able to approach your dad? And he just, just cannot approach your dad. And there's lots of people probably listening right now that have no relationship with their dad, and maybe it's difficult for you to conceptualize that, but certainly it's your heart's longing to be connected to your dad. Mm-hmm. It's, we know that it's caused a lot of social ills of not having connections with a dad. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus said, I know how important it is for you to be connected to your dad. It's the most important thing to me. There's, you, you can put me through anything, but don't disconnect me from my dad. That's and right. so he was willing to die for us to make sure that we had that connection. That's what's happening here. This isn't a God that's trying to punish you, that wants to send you to hell, that wants to give you all these rules and regulations. This is a God that loves you so much that he would do anything to have fellowship with you. And that just resonates out of here so much. Mm-hmm. Amen. Exactly. Amen. And f- fulfills his word where he says, I, and that's kind of the, I was saying, theme right for this whole 
ministry is coming in alignment with the Lord that relationship with him mm-hmm. and what does Jesus say in John 14 6 I am the way the truth and the life so it just builds upon or clarifies exactly what you're saying and, and by clarifies I mean just makes it very plain just <laughs> right between the eyes just get us on the forehead right so that way we know that we know that we know the only way into that relationship that intimacy with the father is through his son Jesus Christ mm-hmm. you know as you were saying that Dean it it also like highlighted the picture you know when we read um, John 14 6 God is the way you know I'm the way the truth and the life Jesus it it can seem like an exclusive it's exclusivity that he's talking about and he is but he's not talking about it from a hammer on the head kind of way he's talking about it in light of this I made sure you had a pathway to the Father. Here it is. All these other things that present themselves and entice you as though they are the way, they're not. It's right here. Choose life. I'm the way. Come here and I can, you know, like what I've done in my body will get you there. What the Father has done and prepared in Jesus will get you there. And there's no reason or need or benefit in seeking another way because there is no other way. And he just made it. He prepared Jesus as a love gift to us, not a dominating gift. He is God and he's dominant because he's God. You know, that that's a part of who he is. There's no one above him or that can replace him or topple him. But when he comes to us, he comes to us so gently. He comes to us so compassionately, so Mm -hmm. full of kindness. He is still sovereign. Don't make any mistakes about that. But how he comes to his children is that of love. And it's just so evident, and I really got to see that more when what you were saying, Dean. So I thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I think that that same thing is there's there's a there's a key for us to see here, mm-hmm. and, and but it's not difficult, right? That these these when we think about keys and we think about them in the Bible, a lot of people are like, oh, it's hidden and it's difficult to find, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It, they're all right there in front of us if we want to see them, mm-hmm. but they're extremely important. I mean, think about something just as simple as brownies. Right, so everybody's just like, oh, brownies, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know many people don't like brownies. You, know, you get an immediate, like, this is really good. But they're, they're, they're pretty simple, right? We got some eggs, we got some sugar, some butter, flour, baking soda, and chocolate, right? That's, that's pretty much probably it. That's all goes into brownies, right? Mm-hmm. But if you leave out the chocolate, the brownies aren't going to be any good, right? <laughs> I mean, so because there's some keys to our relationship with, with God that he's just showing us. And he's not doing it, like you said, so I can hit you on the head with a hammer. He's just saying... If you omit this, it's probably going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. And it's not me that did it. And I'm just trying to show you the, the way to do it. And I've, I've, I've done it for you. I've created the way. And I've lived it out for you. So just, just follow along with the way I'm showing you. And you'll have this wonderful relationship with the Father and with mm-hmm. me and with each other. Mm-hmm. And this is how you do it. But you can't, you can't circumvent it or you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth. Exactly. Amen. And it's certainly not God's fault. <laughs> so, yep. Amen to that. Amen. Kyla, you were going to share something. Um, I actually have two points. Okay. Um, the first point, it was something the Lord, I was just sitting here and the Lord was ministering to me about. And it concerned Abraham and Isaac when he was going to offer Isaac up as a sacrifice to the Lord. But it just dawned on me, the reason why the Lord asked Abraham to do that was he needed a entryway to send Jesus into the world. You, like you always tell us, Mommy, it's the spiritual law at place. He needed somebody to say, yes, God, and open that door so God can do the very same thing that he was asking Abraham to do to enact it in the world for us. 
and I was just like all struck by it and but he needed the spiritual law but it was for us and how he even provided a way of escape for Isaac he had the ram in the bush mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he just needed someone to say yes and that's what made Abraham the father of many nations not that he had Isaac he, he, he needed Isaac but it was he said yes and Abraham was a as you guys put it the little key that mm-hmm. opened up the blessing for the rest of the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. types and shadows as, mm-hmm. as yes. they're they're typically called right same with all the other lambs that were sacrificed right um, as or for Passover as Christ there are all types and shadows for Christ being the sacrificial lamb right and so yes. as we look at all those things we just see the the same message sent repeatedly and, and given to us uh, again a type and a shadow an example of the pattern if you will but then Jesus is our pattern mm-hmm. that's that's the mold as it were right that shape everything to this Mm-hmm. Right, not an example, um, not the one that you have to create yourself. There's one already given. Yes. Now it's just patterning it after that. Right, so you see that <coughs> again, that same message, that same, um, yeah, example mm-hmm. given to us over and over and over and over again. But isn't that what a, a good father does? Yes. I mean, let's just look at our relationships. Like, how many times have we had the same discussions? Right, Paul, the Apostle Paul, <coughs> says, it's okay for me to repeat these same things to you. It's a safeguard for you. And the message still, as he says, the message still applies to me first. But it's a safeguard for you. Right, and he talks about laboring as a mother, that, that he would see these things formed in you. That his children, spiritual children, of course, not his actual children, right, but his spiritual turn he, he wants to see Christ formed in you right which is exactly what we're told to be right yes that we would be conformed to the image of Christ our pattern and our example as as Peter phrases it and states it here right exhibiting the same nature and character and attributes that are found in the father that's what Jesus did he exhibited those he yes. lived them there was nothing except those that nature, that character, and those attributes found in him. Which is amazing when you think about it. But it was also because of those things, and because he was so steadfast and unmoved by anything else, which is how we should be, that it was he was glorifying the Father, as we should also be doing. So he sends this message to everyone every generation from the beginning and they will, they will receive it all the way until the end of end times end of days whatever way you want to phrase it the day of the coming of the lord or the great day of the lord as some verses in scripture state it everyone has, will have received all these examples yes and and the same message over and over and over again because isn't that what a parent does? A true, a, a good parent? I'm going to repeat these things in a number of different ways so everyone here, regardless of how your mind 
can perceive and conceive things is able to receive the message mm -hmm. and move forward and op actually apply it to your life grow and mature right actually feeding truth because it in the uh, even short term but especially long term when you don't have a parent standing over you right to give you guidance and direction right that or when I'll say roles are not reversed, but when you step into the role of being a parent and you have to provide the similar guidance and instruction to your children, right? the whole point is to look after them, to care for them. So one, they don't have to make the same mistakes you did. Or two, it's still a way, if you a legacy way, of protecting them. Yes. And it's important. That's what a good father or shepherd does protects the sheep even when he's not there physically right there's still a you know dean has brought this point up many times which i love about putting a uh, putting them in a pen having a, a gate and a fence if you will so they're still protected so that predators can't get to them and when we remove those boundaries or someone comes the next generation, whatever, someone comes alongside afterwards and says, well, we don't need that, that fence there because they don't understand the value and the importance of it. They say, they view it or have a perspective that it's negative. They're just trying to, to contain people and, and box them in and, and as opposed to looking at it from a father's perspective or a shepherd's perspective of, no, I'm here to protect you and to bless you and to guide you. So we have to come into that that right perspective, but also, and that comes with maturity and maturing, seeing things the way the Father sees them, and that is our Heavenly Father, right? Yes. So we can come into alignment and agreement with that. Mm. And then there's also a trust, knowing that, no, my, my Heavenly Father is only looking out for my good. There's no thought or intention ever of harming me. That would be double-minded. Yes. Now, we, we also, in in this house of Zed, everyone experiences the same amount of love. How you experience that is dependent on you, right? So it would be nice to just be able to have the conversation once everybody gets it and we can move forward. But again, sometimes the message has to be repeated. And sometimes many, many, many times. And then sometimes that message is also communicated with, with a, a firmness or, a f you know, you could argue forceful nature behind it. Why? Because it's imperative that we get it, that we receive it and, can, and apply it to our lives or move forward in it, knowing it's for our good. Mm -hmm. Kyla, your other point? Oh. I was just going to talk about how verse 21 it says, there's also an anti, an antitype, which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. Mm -hmm. How the act of baptizing, it's an, for some people it's an outward demonstration, but it's mostly inside when, like how the Lord was telling the Pharisees, you wash a cup. But the inside, the outside of the cup, mm -hmm. but the inside is still filthy. It's the purifying of the body and dying to sin and awakening to God. But also a reminder to you that you put off the old man 
and you've taken up your new image in Christ. And something that the Lord has told me to is renew your mind. You having to renew your mind, even if you don't do the actions anymore, you still have to renew your mind and be purged of the, you like to say, stamp on your mind. And you equated it to me this way. Nobody's accusing me of what I did in the past, mm-hmm. but my conscience still accused me. And I learned that your conscience is your biggest enemy at times. Like, your conscience is the one that's accusing you, not anyone else. That's something you have to sort out. And if you truly were sorry to God, then let it go because the Lord doesn't remember it. So who are you accusing yourself to? Mm-hmm. Amen. You're not being holy by remembering that. You're just saying, God, you're a liar. Mm. Because he said, I've already forgiven you for this. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it. Why do you keep bringing it up? You're making up a story of false, making up a story at this point. Amen. Amen, amen. First John tells us that if our conscience condemns us, you know, God is like, he wants us to deal with that. But if it doesn't, we have confidence towards him. But God is greater than our conscience. So he understands that there is an impression, a stamp or a print left behind at times when we allow our bodies, especially knowingly, when we allow our bodies to in, indulge in sinful behavior and actions or thought processes, it leaves a residue behind. Then Jesus, when we bring it to him in repentance, his blood washes it when we apply his blood. He's already put it up there. It's already for the taking. You come and you take and appropriate what Jesus Christ did for you. You wash in the blood of Jesus Christ and go, okay, God, it's enough. I put it at your feet. There it remains. And then you come behind it and enforce that when the enemy tries to come and work on those sensitive areas, you know, like an area that once was bruised and had a scar or it's healed. And the enemy comes to stick his thumb on it and go, "Mm, let me see if that's still tender. Let me see if there's an infection underneath there. That bone was broken before. Let me check it out and, you know, see if there's still a weakness in you. It's your job to make sure the blood of Jesus has been applied to it so that there is no more weakness available. And God understands we have a conscience, so he's made provision for us to deal with it, to cleanse, and he will cleanse our conscience from dead works. But you have to apply it and appropriate it. And it, it brings me to the connection. You know, I want to connect those points, which you, you mentioned about Abraham and what it was that God was looking for in him and what you're saying about your conscience and cleansing that from dead works. The, the connecting point is this. Abraham had to start. And he had to proceed. And he had to finish. So not only did he say yes once to God when God said, come up out of your father's household and go to a land that you know not, the land that I'll show you, a land of promise. It didn't just stop there. That wasn't the end of it. It was the beginning and it was a necessary point. Abraham would have never gotten to even being able to put Isaac on an altar to offer to God had he not done the first thing. So at no point can you skip or miss any of the steps of God leading and guiding you. God, Abraham needed to be counted as righteousness, the father of faith. He needed step one to be finished and completed. Concluded, and com- Step two, three, four, five, six, everyone until God said it is finished. Just like Jesus, he couldn't have just been satisfied with being born. Wah! The world is saved. Creation and 
eternity is saved, right? No, he had to go, Wah! then he had to grow up and obey his parents. Then he had to go to the temple and learn and sit and be taught at 12. And then he had to go and minister to his brothers and his, obey, obey his parents and sisters. And then he had to grow up and learn carpentry. And then he had to follow and step into his ministry when he became of the age that God said, now is the time. Then he had to select his disciples. Then he had to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Then he had to loose the captives and return sight to the blind. Then he had to... He said yes repeatedly. Right, and he continued to enforce that, and he had to get up on the cross. He had to stay there for the amount of time till it was finished. He had to forgive them before he gave up his spirit back to the Father. He had to do each and every one of those steps every time God beckoned to him and said, Come to me. Every time God said, This is my, my task for you. This is the pathway. This is the way that I want you to walk, my son. Do it. We saw in the garden where he was like, Man, this hurts, Lord. Right? If there be another way, I, I, I know you can take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So he had to persist and proceed in that, yes, I will, God. Yes, I, I, here I am, Lord. I will obey you. Yes, he had to proceed in that. He had to continue in it. He had to follow through and finish the course. Because if he had quit at any moment, it would have been incomplete. And he would not have fulfilled the destiny that was appropriated and apportioned to him to to win he wouldn't have won the souls he wouldn't have been the firstborn of men among many brethren it would not have been done likewise abraham for him to even get to that place it required every step of obedience and every time he obeyed god he his faith was strengthened he got that much closer to the fullness of what god was talking about and um, even when he made mistakes it, it's not saying you know we mentioned we've all fallen short of the glory of god absolutely mm -hmm. Yeah. absolutely yeah. but that's not an excuse exactly but it's not an exclusion either get up and get back engaged get back in gear continue to follow the lord so when he gave his wife away when god said this woman not the other one you took that i didn't give you but this woman right here sarah she is your wife and she's the one that's going to have the son of promise he mm -hmm. gave her away and not just once <laughs> and even his son isaac picked up that trait give your wife away to save your own life when God said to him, I am your shield and exceedingly great reward. This is what he said to Abraham. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. But even though he made those mistakes, he, he got up and said, okay, God, I'm sorry. Clearly he repented because God continued to walk with him. God doesn't like unrepented sin. It doesn't matter who you are. Exactly. He will, he will deal, help you to clear that up because it, it inhibits your walk with him. So he got back on track and was able to go forward to now we are the living proof and testimony of what Abraham did in his natural life but what God did through him and his completeness and completion of the task that was allotted and apportioned to him however many thousands of years later we are we testify that Abraham believed God yep. and, and yes we do have to say yes absolutely but as, as you were bringing out honey or pointing out we have to say yes to everything that the Lord is asking us to do. And do it. And do it in its mm -hmm. fullness. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I'll bring up a, a well, you, we could view it as a negative example, right? The children of Israel in the wilderness. What did the Lord do? He showed them, hey, this is the land, right? And especially in Numbers, they would go to spy out the land. And all they had to do was say, yes, the land's good. Because it was. But that wasn't their testimony, with the exception of two. Out of the 12 spies that went in the land, 
Only two said it's good. Let's go take it. For a number of reasons. Yes, the land's good, but also the Lord said he'd give it to us. Right? That's enough. That's all I need. That's all <laughs> that was, should have been needed. Mm -hmm. But instead, they said no. And the people said no. And then they wanted to stone Moses and Aaron. And the Lord came down. And they wanted to stone, stone them in the middle of the, the tent of meeting. And the Lord came down and said, How long must I bear with these people who disrespect me? Or, uh, there's another word used, so I'll, I'll, para so I'll paraphrase and just use disrespect. But, um, like, how, must, how long must I deal with these people who treat me in this manner? The, now, let's, let's look at that for a second. Because, again, Moses and Aaron were the ones that were looking at or facing stoning from the people. But then there's the other aspect of how we treat people is actually how we're treating the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Which Jesus said what? If you give even one of these little ones a cup of water, you've given it to me. So we see that same principle played out. Even all the way back in the Old Testament. How the people, how each of us treat each other is exactly how we're treating the Lord. It matters. Which is, again, why Christ is our pattern example. Say what the Father says to say. Do what the Father says to do. So, but it's important that, yes, our testimony match. But then also our actions should, should match. Saying... Yes and doing working in unity sending the same message not conflicting messages and the only one that can unify in that way in truth and righteousness is the Lord so yes we have to say yes but say it repeatedly to the Lord in everything in every area and aspect of our lives even if our eyes can't see it in that moment or you know, our ears can't hear it in the way, right? Ask the Lord to show us. Right? That's what David did. Lord, teach me your ways and your thoughts. It's important. It matters for us in our lives, but it matters mostly for our relationship with the Lord. That would be faith, right? Yes. yes. Which is how we inherit salvation, which came through the Father's love. while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners, he loved us enough to send his son to be the way of access to the Father. So yes, it matters. And as we've pointed out, even in yesterday's discussion in Bible study, the Father's goal and purpose, yes, is to, is to bless us. He wants to bless us. He wants to hear our prayers. He wants, there are so many things. Just, we'll just sum it up and he wants to bless us. And have that relationship. A, a perfect, good, true, honest relationship. With nothing separating us as he from us. Nothing in between us. Which goes to the commandment. You will have no other gods before me. It matters. It matters to the Lord. So, him being the Lord, it should matter to us. That's the reverence 
and revering him mm -hmm. just because of who he is. Well, like I said, all the blessings and all that are, are a bonus. Mm -hmm. The Lord said it. The Lord is who he is. That's enough. What he does is, uh, I'll say the cherry on top. Anyone else have anything they want to share? No. Well, all right. Um, well, I'll say it in this way. So just to add on to what I was just saying. It's the end of chapter 3, where it talks about the Lord and how he has gone to heaven and is at the right hand of, the, of God. And everything else, angels, authorities, are being made subject to him they are subject to him like I said he is God so I would encourage each of us to just come into alignment with him the blessings all that the, it's a bonus it's great but that shouldn't be why we come into the relationship with the Lord it, a good a true and honest relationship has to be founded on love and we can only love him because he first gave love. He loved us while we were yet sinners. He came so that we could have salvation, have that relationship with him. In other words, we could reciprocate the love that he's already given us and showed and demonstrated to us back to him. Mm -hmm. Because God is love. So I want to encourage us all to to come into that. To come into a, a true and proper relationship with the Lord. To clear out anything in our lives that doesn't reflect Him. His nature, His character, and His love in our lives. And in the relationships of those we have relationships with. And we'll pause there for today. All right. So can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Let's hear it, sir. Lord, just thank you for taking all the authority and leaving enough the authority untouched that hasn't gone under you so that you can help us all the way on the journey that you want us to take, not the journey that we are trying to take ourselves. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. Have a wonderful day, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.